Hello, friends. Welcome back to our tale. The year is 1890. The place, Boston. An evil force continues to seep into our world, corrupting and conquering all who touch it. Our four brave adventurers foiled its mysterious plans and brought Jack the Ripper to justice. But can they succeed again? Can they keep this force from holding illimitable dominion over all? Find out as they face the Red Death. So James looks down and sees that and kind of opens his hands from the clenched fist and lets the chains fall mm-hmm. and just still staring down. He says, next time you want a death, it'll be yours. And his hands clench, to clench up again. Okay. And so as you look down and as you say that, you realize that there are no chains in your hand. This, this guy is not there. They've just vanished. And as you look up, you see that there's a stone archway in front of you completely black and just strolls straight through it okay fashionable as fuck (laughs) all right and back to the other three well sawyer's in a bad way (laughs) is he coming back over to us oh yeah yeah i I crossed back over and uh, i'm with you but uh so sawyer took quite a bit of damage in that little rodeo I have a question about the bridge. I'm not there, but I, but it, so whenever the bridge comes up, does the water like stop on one side, or is it got like a grate underneath so the water keeps flowing? Yeah, I mean you can have noticed this before. It's a stone. It's a stone slab that comes up, and so the water flows underneath it. Oh, okay, I just imagined a big force of water smashing against this thing now. Oh no, no, and it went back down. So was there anything in the first in that room that had the statue? Didn't look like there was anything in there. So have you walked back into that room now? I do. Okay. Yeah. So now when you walk back in, the difference is that there's a stone archway directly across from the one you've walked through. I pick up my shoes and I'm like, should we keep going? Might as well see if there's anything that wants to kill us behind that door. <laughs> Every time we walk through one of these shadowy arches, one of us disappears. Well, if one of you disappears, get ready to meet the most unpleasant sphinx of your life. Not that I expect you have met many sphinxes. What happened? Some... buddy... (laughs) dressed or pretending to be a sphinx and claiming to be a sphinx decided that it was time for me to answer some riddles and solve a puzzle. Uh, It was interesting. I suspect that's where James is right now. What was the answer to your riddle? Please don't make me go over this again. (laughs) I'm traumatized still. I will tell you we can have a very lengthy conversation about riddles once we are out of this hellhole. I just mean if I get sucked into some sort of sphinx hole and get asked a question, I wonder if it's going to be the same one. Well, the answer is not time, I'll tell you that. 
Or memory. Or memory. <laughs> My answer was um, uh, knowledge, but I have a feeling that your riddle will be different from mine. Oh, I guess we're going to have to see. Yeah. She's offered her hand to one of them. Is like, do you want to see if we can go in together and we don't get separated? I'd Why like to try. I'd like to patch up first a bit. Uh, <sighs> is is there any lasting damage to my eye? No, it's just pain. Okay, okay. No, no scars or injury. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe I'm, rest for a minute. I don't know if we have the time. I'm really worried about James. Could you do that thing you did last time when you, you did that thing on my shoulder? I mean, I can, but, and I'm a little injured too, but I just worry that if, if I use it, this is all I have. All right. Well, let's go through and hopefully, uh, hopefully get, we get James back. He can get hit by those giant statue dogs. Ignacy is still holding her hand up. For a high five? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, Sawyer takes your hand. Yeah, I, I join in on this chain. Ignacia leads them to the next room then. Okay. So you step through this stone archway, and as you walk in, this room is not like the others. Ahead of you, there's a wall that's about uh, three feet higher than James's head, who's standing next to you. Looking around, something is clear. You're in a maze. All four of us? All four of you. All four of us. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> How much higher than James? Uh, about three feet higher, but the walls are almost completely smooth. So what you're in right now is a skill challenge. So you'll be trying to apply your skills to navigate your way through the maze, uh, trying to get a certain number of successes before you get a certain number of failures, uh, and we'll be going around in order. So if whoever would like to start gets to use their first applicable skill, you can't reuse one once you've used it. And uh, you are trying to navigate your way through. Like, you can't intimidate the maze. Um, but generally speaking, you know, there's definitely creative license here. And if you're in a situation where things are looking really lousy for you and you just don't have any skills that you think you could possibly use, you can uh, pass your, or describe how you use one of your skills to give one of the uh, the next player who's going to roll advantage on their check. They'll get advantage, but if they so if they succeed, um, they'll have succeeded. If they fail, though, it'll be two failures. Anybody want to go first? Well, James is uh, looks over. Caesar writes as well. I'm glad to see y'all again. Agnes just turns to James and is like, Sphinx? James nods his head. Yeah, Agnes. At least I got something out of the deal. Agnes, give me a quick insight psychology check on him. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that is like a, like a 25. Okay. So something almost broke him. Um, you see in his eyes that something just nearly destroyed him mentally. Uh, if you're feeling up for it, James, why don't you give me a boost so, 
so I can take a look to see what our surroundings are like. And I would like to use perception if possible. Okay. Sounds I'll good. Boost. Yeah, and that's easy enough for you. That's an 18 altogether. All right, so that's good. So you look up and you look over and it's a complicated maze, but you're able to see that if you took the path to the right, you'd be cut off relatively quickly after a couple false turns. So you definitely need to move towards the left. Uh, I think we should head to the left. And if you're capable of it, maybe staying in this formation would be a good idea. <laughs> Which formation is that? Uh, me getting a boost while we every once in a while, or maybe continuously I, as we walk through this maze. I could, I could probably look too if you need me to. Run. Got a keen eye. But let's let's go. Yeah, we can switch off at, at points when we need to. Huh. So I think what? Sawyer's going to be very quiet during this uh, and and sort of try to follow everyone's lead. He he doesn't feel in his most confident in these types of situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's sort of weary of the ground. So, like, if we're going to be walking and everybody's looking above or, or around, like, he's kind of focused more on the ground. All right, so who'd like to go next in terms of their skill check? Um, I mean, could I, like, try to use... Would survival be good to, I don't know, get, like, a good... I mean, like, to understand, like, the directions and make sure I'm sticking to the directions that Agnes has given. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Uh, it's a natural 20. Ooh, nice. So not only do you uh, get a good sense of this, when you come to a turn, uh, Agnes, who's in the lead, is about to take a step into something, and you instinctively pull her back at sort of the last moment as a jet of flame passes across where she would have stepped. Uh, And so it occurs to you, that's probably not the way to go. And so instead of taking the left turn there, you take the right. Thank you. (laughs) It's a murder maze. Would a a check for traps during this type of thing be considered like something helpful for getting Mm -hmm. through it? Yeah. So I can focus on that. Okay. So that's that's what I'm looking for. So you just noticed that there are traps here. Um, And so what would your... What would the skill be that you're using to check for traps? Uh, perception, probably. Great. Okay. Let's see, 14 plus 4, so 18. Yeah, that'll do. So you notice that uh, at some of the turns, there is a faint, there's a, a faint mesh that you can see if you look really carefully on some places. And so that makes it easier for you to navigate. It seems to get darker as you move into the maze, and so that works for a little while. But eventually, you sort of it gets too dark for you to, to be able to see that. It's a really fine, you're not even sure how it was done, but it almost looks like wall. And if you weren't looking very carefully for it, you wouldn't have seen it. But after a few turns, it's too dark to do that. But that certainly helps to make a couple very good decisions. As soon as it starts getting darker in there, I'm gonna touch my purse again, because I assume I still have it on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, cast light on it, so we have a little bit of like a lantern on us. Great. Alright, and what skill would you like to use, Ignacia? Um, I will use... I can use perception. I'm just trying to see... I mean, 
just to make sure that there's any sort of directional cues or weird scripts on the wall or anything like that to see if we're going in the right direction. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, synthetic 20. Nice. So, oh, I love that. Synthetic 20. Yeah, it's not natural. It's synthetic. Oh, that's awesome. I yeah, that. I, was, I was thinking the same thing. I really <laughs> liked that. Ooh. I learned something today. So, uh, with your synthetic 20 and the light that you've just cast, Sawyer pointed out that sort of mesh to all of you, and you're able to see it. It has, in the magical light, a slightly faint glow to it. Um, and so that that helps you detect it as you're going. All right, uh, Agnes, we're back to you. This might be a little bit of a stretch, but would it be possible for me to do a history check to try to like jog my memory of what purposes maze, mazes have generally served other than just like as entertainment? Yes, absolutely. That's a 12 altogether. Okay. So... That is unsuccessful. Um, mazes historically, you know, have been used mostly for entertainment um, by the rich and the incredibly wealthy to build these hedge mazes. But typically the purpose is not for a person to get completely lost in there because, you know, you don't want people dying at your garden party. Um, and so you're not sure what sort of mad person would create this. You know, you flash back to Greek mythology and, and the Minotaur, but I mean, that's of course all made up nonsense. So other than entertainment, which this clearly isn't since there's jets of flame appearing every once in a while, you have no idea what it could possibly be used for. It's the worst garden party ever. <laughs> all right, James, you're up. It is strange how often minotaurs get brought up on this this podcast up on. Uh, okay, James wants to parkour his way through at least part of this maze so that Kent can use his athletic skill, which is really high. Okay. Uh, that's a 19 total. Great. So you come to a place where you're not sure which way to turn. They're both looking for this weird mesh in the light and as they're not really seeing it, you sort of get bored and restless. And the walls are a little more, uh, a little closer together. And so you jump up on one and kind of pop up to the other, grab the top and pull up. And you see that uh, to the right is the path to take. To the left is a dead end. All right. Information is dispensed to the party. Awesome. I mean, could we realistically, like, perch somebody up on top of this thing to walk around? Okay. Uh, that was a shrug for everybody listening. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> but a knowing shrug, an informational shrug, not a I don't know shrug. That would definitely be some kind of skill check. And Finn, you are up. Okay. Uh, well, I'm... <sighs> Okay, so I'm thinking like this. <clears throat> Sometimes when you're you're in a group and it's not your strength that needs to be used, it's somebody else's, they sometimes need some confidence or a boost or some sort of motivation so that they don't second guess themselves and stuff. 
So I'm looking at who's the most like confident right now and who might be like not so sure about themselves in the group. And I want to make the person who's not so sure about themselves sure of themselves, even if I have to lie about it. Well, James is wearing finger- fingerless gloves, so feeling pretty good on the confidence scale there. <laughs> Isn't Sawyer the one who's not confident right now? <laughs> Should he give a boost himself? Please, please give us, please yep. give us a scene of, of Sawyer pep talking himself in the corner. <laughs> he doesn't. He, he doesn't quite have that that dual personality Sawyer Finn talk. Maybe that'll happen later. Is well, this isn't like a Cthulhu game where there's going to be like insanity and stuff, right? Doug shrugged again. We got another <laughs> Doug shrug. All right, I think I'm going to try to like give Agnes a lot of confidence in her decision making right now. If if that if that is approved by everybody, as a helpful thing to try. Okay. Also, I'm I, I'm lying, so <laughs> it's deception. <laughs> okay. So. Deception six, so twelve plus six, eighteen. Okay. So, what successful lie do you tell her to make her more confident in your ability to get through all of this? I think what I do is I sort of, and and I hope this isn't insulting, Agnes, but I'm sort of prodding her at like you know like this is just another one of those uh, another example of how how this magical stuff is real. And there's no way we're going to be able to, to to solve it with our with our minds. And there's only one way, and that's to give in and just admit that it's it's real. That this magic is magic stuff is real. Is that enough of a, a prov- provocation for her to flex her brain muscles? <laughs> Agnes kind of glares, <laughs> gives you some serious side eye, and uh, pushes turn the frame of her new glasses up like the bridge of her nose <laughs> and it's like we'll see about that oh do we have one of those anime moments where the your eyes disappear behind that flash yeah there's of the like frame of, <laughs> yes <laughs> she means business now her new glasses <laughs> all right uh ignacia you're up okay so my train of thought is i can see the glow from the traps through the magical light. Can I do an arcana check to see if I can keep seeing these things and seeing if we're on the right path? Hells yeah, you can. All right. That is another synthetic 20. Yeah! All right, so as you do this arcana check, you you see it. Not just this one, but you get it. It clicks, and it, it just becomes clear to you. Um, in one of the, in a way that you're not even sure how you thought it was so complicated before. It's just walking up to an intersection, looking here, is this thing there? Yes, it is. Okay, great, go the other way. And so even though you're only about halfway through physically this, you're done. You, you say, I've got this. Sort of wave everybody off, lead the way, you're walking around, um, and you cast light on your purse, right? And you're sort of holding your purse in front of you, like turning it left, turning it right, walking left. And you, like quicker than the rest of you think should be possible, she just zips you through the rest of this maze. And sure enough, you come to the end of 
this maze that opens into this more open area and there's this big stone archway in front of you. Now, James, we're holding hands now when we go through these. James already has your hand. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he does not want to get zapped back to where he came from in any way. Was the answer to your question time? <laughs> no. All right, Ignacia. The answer to one of ours has got to be time then. Okay. <laughs> Um, I guess I'll join the chain of people and we, who's leading? I'll do it. I was, I was going to, I was, had a drink. I was going to say James will, but I was <laughs> struggling to swallow fast enough and hit the unmute button. Did James ever put his shirt or jacket back on? Uh, no jacket left right. off. Jacket and vest are both, we're both off. I mean, yep. yeah. But you are wearing pants, right? Wearing pants. It's not this kind of party. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he got back in the pants. Okay. <laughs> oh, and um, Agnes, sorry, sorry about the dress. We needed the fabric. Agnes kind of like glances over, and at this point, like her hair is like a mess and stuff, just from like messing with it under stress, and she just shrugs. <laughs> Onward. So is Agnes or James taking point? Did you want to take point or do you want me to? Either way. All right, James will go through first. Okay. Right. Sawyer has his eyes right on Ignacia, like as we're walking in. Okay. So the four of you step into this room and there's a figure seated across from you on a throne made entirely of bone holding a crook and a flail. And it looks at you through glowing red eyes and says, you've made it this far. But your brawn will not be enough to save you here. You must solve my puzzle if you hope to make it out alive. And it waves its crook, and the wall to your left begins to glow with characters that no one except for Agnes can read. If you are slow or unwise, it says calmly, your deaths will serve me. And it taps the crook on the statue that you suddenly see is on its left, and its flail on the statue on the right. And the one on the left animates spreading wings, and you see it's taken the form of a gigantic heron. And there's a similar flash that animates what you can tell is a massive jackal on the other side. And the two beasts rush towards you. So Agnes, as you look at the wall on the other side, there are two colors of characters there, pale blue and pale gray. The pale blue characters read, and the same way as you understood the parchment the moment you glanced at it, the same thing happens here. The pale blue characters read, arrange the words into a phrase you should know well. Below that, there's another set of characters in the same color that um, has breaks in it. It says through, and then there's a space, and then and, and then a space, and a comma, and then another space followed by a period. And so it shows you that, and then below that, there's a set of words that, instead of being in pale blue, are in gray, and seem to float just above the surface of the wall. Those words are aim, character, courage, foolishness, knowledge, magic, reverence, sincerity, and victory. I feel like we're on an episode of Survivor. 
We're gonna <laughs> escape room, but we're gonna die. <laughs> I have a feeling it's gonna be Agnes. You take the puzzle. Uh, the rest of us, you know, will get the shit beat out of us by these things. It's like a Hunger Games escape room, then. Okay, and so the way this is gonna work is whoever chooses to, and um, I assume it's gonna be the other three of you. Those of you who choose to be in combat will be fighting the two things that are attacking you, um, at least two for now. And then whoever's working on the puzzle at the end of each combat round will have a chance to suggest a solution to the puzzle. Uh, does that make sense? Makes sense to me. All right, so let's roll for initiative. Okay. Oh, natural 20. Nice. 22, I guess, total. Okay. Nine. Okay. What you got, Finn? 24. I have that alert feed. All right, uh, Finn, you are up first. So the heron and the jackal are rushing towards all three of you. Is the heron flying? Yes, but low to the ground. Right, right. I'm going to start moving away from that while shooting it. Okay. 16 plus 9. Okay, that hits. 1d8 plus 4. 11. Okay. So you take aim as this heron starts to open its beak uh, and shoot through one of its wings. I'm uh, I'm kind of wincing, expecting to feel that pain. (laughs) You don't feel anything except an immense sense of relief. And then I become very confident, and I'm ready to shoot somewhere. Cool. All right, what was the other one? Oh, a jackal. A jackal. Is it someone's turn before mine? Uh, no, it's yours. Okay. So I think James just sets out running first, uh, and then whenever Sawyer shoots, he gets a beat on which one Sawyer went for. So he takes off, you know, just angles towards the other one. Okay. So, yeah, so you angle towards the jackal then? Yeah, ready to serve a fist up to it. Okay. Take a swing. Okay. Uh, 19 total. Uh, it's actually 20 total. Oh, yeah. What did I miss? Uh, you get plus one with your gloves. Ah, woohoo! Plus one with gloves. All right. Um, and so that's going to be plus one to attack and plus one to damage. So make sure you add one to the damage. You have hit this jackal pretty square. All right. So now comes the big math. That's going to be 11. Okay. And then it's getting maybe hit again. Okie dokie. 14 total. No, so you hit with the first one, and you bring it down into its haunch, and it pivots and starts uh, snarling and lunging for you, uh, and it you're not used to fighting jackals. Yeah. Um, or dogs of any sort, really. Yeah. And it sort of spins out of the way in a way you're not expecting uh, and lunges for you. Okay. So first it uh, swoops in and tries to rake at you with its claws and hits an armor class of 13. Nope. Okay. And as its claw swings by, it's going to try to bite at you uh, and hits 22, which I'm guessing hits. That one got me. All right. So you take nine piercing damage as it sinks its uh, teeth into your leg. All right, and Ignacia, you're up. All right. Um, 
I'm waiting for Agnes to tell me what it says on the wall while trying to avoid the creatures. <laughs> okay, so you're going to help her with the puzzle? Yeah. Okay. Um, let me take you out of initiative then. All right, uh, so now the heron uh, opens its beak and Finn, you realize a second too late that it's pivoted so that it's lining up both you and James. And it breathes, it opens its beak and it lets out this scream that seems to be blasting something out of its mouth. And possibly too late, you notice that it's shooting acid at the two of you. Um, So both of you need to give me a, a dexterity save. Natural 20. All right. I have a plus seven. <laughs> That's real low, like a five. Okay. Um, so, James, you take uh, 22 acid damage. Goodness. Well, y'all's tank just got a lot less tanky. I might have to join this fight after all the hill <laughs> when it gets back to my turn. And Sawyer, you take 11 damage. That brings me down to four. Is there anything to do with like losing, like a certain like over half your damage or anything? Uh, I do you have to make any saves or yeah. Anything? I think you need to make a Constitution save. Okay. I never did uh, that before. I wrote a nineteen. Perfect. Okay. Still awake. <laughs> All right. Uh, and you see the the figure who's sitting in the throne of bone. Um, clutch the flail and the crook and smile malevolently at the two of you. And so now that the first round of combat is over, uh, Agnes, you have the opportunity to uh, try to solve the riddle or the puzzle. So Agnes wouldn't necessarily have a reason to know this unless we say that while we were solving the maze, James and Agnes kind of disclosed the contents of their interactions with the Sphinx. Uh, that's a good question, James. Did you? I feel like if she brought it up, I probably would have. Yeah. Okay. I was actually, I was thought about whenever Sawyer asked if it was time saying it then, but I didn't for some reason. It was a choice I made not to say it. But, so okay. Okay. So if we did have some yeah. some chit chat about that while solving the maze. Um, Agnes is going to try through knowledge and character victory. Give me an arcana check. 21 altogether. Okay. Um, As you sort of, so the way that you do it is you put your hand on it and slide it towards the space. As you do, it feels right. But as you put knowledge and character into the spaces, it feels wrong. Um, and that throws you off a little bit, and so you just sort of blindly grab the last one uh, and put it in there. Um, and that feels wrong all the way through. Well, damn, again. So, Ignacia, you see her moving these characters around. Um, give me an intelligence check with disadvantage. Okay. Um, that is, uh, 14. Okay. So you're able to tell that whatever the puzzle is, it's something about moving these characters from one place to another. 
but you're not able to tell much more than that. Cool. <laughs> Based on her expression, you know that she's done, you know, she felt good about what she was doing at first and then less good. Um, but, yeah. Okay. We are back to the top of the order. Finn, you're up. Okay, so we have acid spitting bird. Yep. Is it did it like swoop past me? How how did that how's its position changed? So it's positioned in front of you. Uh, it's still it's still closest to you. It just sort of spit this acid through you, and you dove out of the way, and it clipped you, um, okay. and it hit James as well. And does it seem like the the first shot that I had on it had any effect? Oh yeah, I mean you put a hole in its wing. Um, oh okay. It's not. It's still flying, so you're not sure. It's also stone, so you're not entirely sure how any of this is working. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, you definitely had an effect. Well, I'm pretty sure I can't take another hit from this thing, so I'm going to try to end it. Okay. So I'm going to try to uh, shot to the head. Okay. Ooh, 19 on the die, plus 9, 28. Okay, great. Roll some damage. Okay. I want an 8, I want an 8, I want an 8. I got an 8, I got an 8, I got an 8. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. A 1. A 1. <laughs> okay. This is sad face. <laughs> All right, so how much damage is that total? Uh, not, uh, 9. Oh, no, no, uh, sorry, plus 4 of the pistols. The pistols are 1d8 plus 4, it says. Because I, I didn't add my dexterity to that last time either. That's fine. Wait, so if it's 1... Well, you did 11 last time. So I'm... Oh, I rolled a 7 and I added the 4 to it. So I did right. add it. So in this okay. case, it's uh, 5... No, 13? Okay, so you shoot and blow off part of its face. Uh, and it sort of spins and wheels um, and looks like it's in very bad shape. But it's still kind of tottering towards you. Okay. All right, James, you're up. All right. We're going to go punching again for now. All right. Uh, so first roll is 16. Uh, yeah, that hits. Okay. 13 damage. Okay, great. And going to punch again. Uh, it's a 19 on the roll. Awesome. Okay. Uh, also another 13 damage. All right, so you bring your fist down and just punch this thing right at the base of where its spine would be. And since it's a statue, um, what does Architectural Eye do for you with that? If I critically critically succeed with an unarmored unarmed strike against an opponent, I can knock them prone. Okay. Do I kind of throw myself back into combat after I hear like them get like, scream in pain or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, just let me know when. Yeah, I have, you'll be... I have one question too. <laughs> yeah, what's up? Uh, oh, just uh, um, I have the feet duck and cover if there's co- if there's cover, but I didn't. I don't think there was any in his room from what you described. Oh yeah, this one is a little bit more, a little bit more strewn, so there is cover here. Okay, so after it's just a free thing I get to do like. Uh, after shooting, if there's cover avail- available, I can use my bonus action to, to do that. Okay, great. Yeah. 
Just gives them disadvantage on an attack. Sure. All right, so James, you bring your fist, your beautifully gloved fist down um, and just crack this thing right at the base of the skull. And it starts to move in the same way it did before, but you're ready for it this time and just come through with your other fist and just hook it right in the jaw and you send it sort of like skittering backwards. Um, And you've never heard a stone statue yelp before, but you definitely do now. Yeah. Um, And it, enraged, leaps back towards you and slashes towards you with its claws. Uh, And that hits an armor class 12. Nope. Alright, and so as it swings with a claw, it's now going to try to bite you uh, and critically misses with a 1. So it sort of just snaps the air in front of you and just is is not having a good day. Alright. Ignacia, you're up. Alright, hearing the the fighting go on behind me, and as much as I want to focus on that, I need to I want to help them so I turn around I see the acid I guess still stinging the ground it looks like it burns through their clothes a bit too mm-hmm. I see that James has a bite mark mm-hmm. so I'm gonna just um, touch the topaz and just be like don't let me down abuelita and let the the, the power from the topaz like unleash mm-hmm. and I have in stored in it mass healing word so I'm gonna use that. Okay. Um, and that's one D four plus muspel plus modifier. So that's seven points of healing to everybody. Myself right. included. Thank you. That's all I got. <laughs> and so duck and cover gives them disadvantage when they try to attack, right? Yes. Okay. So the heron is still gonna be going after you, uh, but it has disadvantage now. Um, so let's see if, nope. Um, and so it's gonna kind of try to clamp its beak towards you. Um, oh, hot damn, it rolled a 19 and a 20. It, it wants you real bad. <laughs> um, so that hits an armor class of 23, which is gonna hit. Um, and you take uh, seven points of piercing damage. I just got seven points. And then two points of necrotic damage. And so as it clamps into your shoulder, uh, you feel the same sort of pain and the same sort of coldness that you felt when you were attacked by the ghost before. All right. Well, I'm down to two. Mm -hmm. So that would have done me in, Ignacia, had you not (laughs) stepped in. So thank you. And seeing that Ignacia has stepped into the fight, the figure in the throne of bone rolls its shoulders back and stands up and says, well, let's make this more of a fair fight and starts striding towards you. All right, Agnes, top, uh, back to the puzzle before we go to the top of the order. I'm going to try uh, without as much confidence now, through sincerity and reverence, knowledge. Okay. Um, That does not work. Uh, You still feel good about knowledge, but you don't feel good about where you put it. You're sort of attuned to it now that you passed that arcana check. Mm -hmm. Um, And so both times you put it in different places and you feel good about the word, but bad about where you put it. Okay. And I felt that way about knowledge, but not character. Uh, You felt good about character 
and bad about where you put it. About where I put it, okay. Because your first one was... Knowledge what? and character, victory. Correct. Is the first one, yeah. And then your second one was... Sincerity, reverence, and knowledge. And then the first time, victory just fell completely off, right? Yes. All right. Okay. And we're back to the top of the order. Uh, Finn, you're up. Well, when Finn sees that the big creature stood up and starts going towards Ignacia, he's going to move towards it uh, while uh, while shooting the creature in front of him. Okay. <laughs> so he's going to try to like stand up, shoot the thing as he's standing, and then kind of get in between Ignacia and Bone Throne bad guy. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, so we got 13 plus 9, so 22. Okay, for great. The strike. And yep, that hits. We got seven, seven plus another eleven. Okay, so as you move, the heron, uh, you pivot towards the heron and just sort of casually shoot it and blow through its torso, um, and it dusts to the ground in just a pile of sand and rubble. That's fortunate. Uh, and then I walk through the sand and rubble. <laughs> to get in between the two of them. Okay. So my move would my move action would be to position myself between the thing and Ignacia. Okay, great. Uh, James, you're up. Alright, so the jackal jumped past me, right? Yes. Going, okay, so I think what I want to do is I want to gra- like grapple onto it with the end result being a, uh, a kind of a suplex backwards. I think it's a German suplex, but I, if I'm wrong, that'll get edited out. Okay. <laughs> if I'm right, that will get edited out. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. All right, so give me a, uh, I guess if you want to grab it and then attack, that would be a dexterity check to start. Okay. Uh, that is 17. Yeah, that'll do. All so right. I'm going to give you the option here of either doing... Um, getting advantage on the attack or being able to roll the damage twice and see what's higher. I will roll the damage twice. Okay. So it's just about normal, like punching damage or, uh, yeah. Okay. For the, for the first attack. Okay. So. 11. 11 versus AC. Oh, 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 I rolled the wrong thing. Okay. So I'm rolling against AC. So I need to, yeah, you got to try to hit it first. Okay. 13. All right, so you pick it up and it sort of wriggles in an awkward kind of way and you go to go to punch it, but you just miss and um, and just can't connect with that shot. Okay. All right, but now that you have it grappled, it's going to slash at you with its claw. Um, and that hits uh, 26, so that's going to hit you. Um, yeah. And so you take 12 points of slashing damage. And after it slashes, it's going to go in for a bite and misses. Okay. All right. Uh, Ignacia, you're up. Okay. Um, uh, she's going to see the, the big guy stand up and start walking towards her. And is Sawyer there yet in between her and the guy, or is he getting there? He's, he's there, but, I mean, you could still get a shot in. I think she's gonna take the piss, like get behind him, so like she shoots around him. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
because she is afraid if she's like super far back and she tries to aim, she's not gonna do great. So, <laughs> so she's gonna run up um, towards Sawyer and like sort of like get behind him, like duck to the side and sort of like try to fire it off. But okay, give me an attack roll. I'm visualizing this like like he gets in he gets in the way with his gun up, but your gun comes up under and it's like you know what I mean, like in tandem. <laughs> It's an 11, so not great. 11 total? Yeah. All right, so you fire, and it it just goes wide. It totally misses. All right, he's up. Um, the figure holds up its flail and looks uh, Sawyer right in the eyes and says, you will bow. Swings the flail down, and this wave of force blows towards you. Um, gonna need a deck save from you. I'm glad it's a deck save and not versus AC. Mm-hmm. I have a plus seven to this. 18 on the die, so. Oh, wow, okay. 25. So you see exactly where the flail is going and just turn out of the way as this blast of force goes by you, sort of rippling the air as it goes. Does um, it blow my hat off? It sort of moves your hat a little bit. Okay. Your, your hat does not blow off. So I was going to have to go enraged, even though mm-hmm. I'm not a barbarian. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you'd been 20 or below, it would have knocked your hat off. <laughs> uh, and so we are back to the puzzle. Agnes. Agnes is increasingly frustrated and starting to... <laughs> so, alright. She's starting to wonder whether this is constructed in a way where she'd be very unlikely to get the answer based on her beliefs. She's going to try uh, through character and knowledge this time. Um, Magic. So again, uh, so this time knowledge feels good. Okay. Um, Character still feels the same way as it did before. Hmm. And magic feels bad. Got it. All right. Uh, Finn, you're up. All right, so this thing's got a flail in one hand and a crook in the other, so like a long hook, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just his warrior instincts are going to cause him to try to get in close on this thing so that those aren't as effective, uh, while also not having, not like leaving Ignacia as the only target. So he's basically just going to get up in this thing's face while shooting. Okay. This could be the end of Sawyer, by the way. So 12 plus 9. Okay, yeah, that hits. And 8, we got another 7. I can't get the 8. Um, 11 again. Okay. I'm also, it, it, Sawyer's also kind of in that zone where he's like not really showing any emotion, but he is bracing for what he thinks is going to be like the end of mm-hmm. him because he's been pretty beat. Yeah, so it... Um, you take aim and you hit it, and it's sort of surprised that you were able to dodge so effortlessly out of the way of that shot. And so you get a really good shot off against it. And you're surprised by how little that shot does against it. And James, you're up. All right, let's punch this thing to dust. Do I still have it grappled? Or did I probably broke free? Uh, I broke free, yeah. Okay, yeah, let's just punch it. 15. Yep, that just hits. Ooh. I worried that wasn't enough. Uh, 12. 
okay, so you get a great hit in on this thing. Um, and you just, you know that one sweet spot, you just bring it down and hit it right there again. Uh, and your other fist starts to fly in after it. Okay. Uh, that's just 14. Okay. And it, it just misses. And this thing is going to uh, slash at you with its claws. Uh, and it misses. That's a one. And then it's going to come at you with its bite, which is a 13. Nope. Okay. All right, Ignacia, you're up. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm going to try to cock the thing back again, the pistol, and just uh, try to fire it again. Okay. With a five. All right, so you take an aim and you shoot, but again, it misses. She's not good with the gun stuff. <laughs> All right. Um, it now points its crook at you, Ignacia, and a wave of energy comes out of it and just hits you a dead center. Uh, I need a constitution save. That is a 13. Okay, that's not quite enough. Cool. So it hits you and you just feel cold. Um, you feel like the life is being pulled out of you and you take five necrotic damage. Ooh. All right, Agnes, we're to you. All right, once more with feeling uh, through courage and knowledge character. Everything about this feels right to you. And as you're sliding the words in, something, you can almost feel it in your hand that this is right. And as you slide character into the last space, a wave goes through the room and the jackal first turns to dust since it's closest to you. And the hooded figure turns to dust because it's uh, slightly further away and everything is still in the room. James looks at his hands for a minute, unsure of what just happened, and then turns around to, to take in the rest of the room. Okay. Um, Ignacia, I'm going to need another constitution saving throw from you. Okay. Oh, okay, that's better. That's an 18. Okay. So you start to feel that wave of coldness spreading again, like a pulse, like a throb. But then you feel your necklace glow warmly and it just pushes it away and you feel it wipe off of your body. I just touch it gently. As you do that, the another doorway appears near the, the throne that has also turned to dust. And instinctively, you sense a flurry of motion near you, but as you look, you see nothing. Um, but you're sure that something is there moving quickly towards the door. We all see that? You all feel that. You all sense that. Like leaving? Heading towards the uh, the door that just appeared. Is the flail and crook, are, are they still remaining or did they disappear into dust? They dust. They sanded. Yeah, they turned to sand. Okay. Oh, could, uh, could Sawyer, with all the dust at his feet from that big you know, bone thrown monster thing. Mm -hmm. Could he like kick the dust in front of where the thing is running? 
Sure, give me an attack roll with disadvantage. 15 and 12, so 12 plus, what, what would this be, uh, dexterity or yeah. strength? Yeah, okay, dexterity. So, so, four, so 12 plus 16. Um, yeah, so as the, as the dust goes, you see something move through it um, and creates a sort of space in the dust that quickly vanishes through the doorway. Did everybody see that? I saw something. Yep, I saw something. Uh, looks like it went, I mean, went through that dust. Sawyer walks over to the, is the throne still intact? Oh, no, that's turned to sand as well. He kicks it and he, he's the sand and he says, uh, well, it would have been really nice to sit for a moment. <laughs> and he kind of looks up towards where the camera is taking in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> like a, the office moment. <laughs> it's, it's his gym moment. <laughs> I, I don't think they're allowing us to rest. I may appear tougher than I am. <laughs> And he like he like rubs his chest and his other wounds that he has, and yeah, he's uh, out of thirty nine hit points. He has two left. <laughs> that's one why, more. That's one more than you need, bud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanna. Can I do like a just a random roll to see if Ignacia has anything in her purse for wound stuff? <laughs> I don't think she packed anything, but she might have. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say you didn't pack a medical kit. Yeah. He just takes a deep breath, cracks his back, reloads his pistol, and holds his hand out for James. <laughs> James, I mean, yeah, James will grab it. Agnes, how are you doing? I'm feeling a little flustered, but I feel like we should uh, pursue whatever that was. I agree. So as you're saying this, you hear the sound of metal scraping against metal from the other room. James's grip tightens on <laughs> Sawyer's hand. <laughs> Sawyer just says, James, my friend, I think we grabbed hands too soon. <laughs> I thought we were going to be walking right through the door. <laughs> now it's kind of awkward standing hey, in this James dust of the bone James, James doesn't let go. <laughs> Ignacio grabs James' hand and then she reaches out for Agnes's. Agnes takes hold as well. Sawyer draws his pistol with his free hand. We can go in. Lead it. Okay, so you step through, and as you go into the next room, you see in the center a sarcophagus with the lid partially removed, and standing next to it uh, is... Sadet Kepri, the woman who you saw upstairs, and she's wrenching the lid of the sarcophagus off. Is that enough for Saw Sawyer to shoot her? Don't <laughs> no. <laughs> Agnes clears her throat. <laughs> so she looks up, looks over at you and says, Oh good, help me with this. It's urgent. What are you doing? I'm Awakening Usurkov. Why does he need to wake up? <laughs> I don't have time to explain. If if it hits midnight before I get him, and I have no idea what time it is now, it would be very bad for all of us. Help me with this. It is urgent. 
when she says hit mid oh never mind james doesn't know about agnes's <laughs> day of undying <laughs> i'm so sorry can i do a insight check on her to see like if i think that she is being like full of shit or whether she's like genuinely trying to do this for good yes yes you can. so sawyer's also read trying to read her as a con woman okay this is 11. This is like insight psychology? Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So plus one. Uh, yeah, he doesn't know. Eight. <laughs> okay. She seems sincere to both of you, but she you don't have a good read on her. Um, you, this is startling to you. You're not sure why she's there. Um, you're more unsettled that you notice that at her belt, she's wearing the scimitar from upstairs. Um, as you sort of take it all in, you have no idea if she's telling the truth or not. James has a higher uh, wisdom than I thought, so can I make that same room? <laughs> sure. That's a uh, synthetic 20, right? right? Oh, okay. So, James, you feel good about helping her. Um, she strikes you as sincere. All right, James, without saying anything, we'll walk over and start muscling this this lid of this sarcophagus. Okay. So as you start to grab it, you're amazed that she was able to move as much as she was, given how heavy it is. It's, it's not something you think you could move much more than she has by yourself. And so you realize that she's at least as strong as you are. Agnes will jump in to help. Okay. Sawyer sits down. Ignacia helps. Okay. And so the four of you are able to remove the lid. And as she looks inside, um, Kepri lets out a sort of satisfied sigh at the sight of the mummy. And indeed, he is perfectly preserved. The bandages are loosened around his face over the past months of handling, revealing dark olive skin with firm, smooth features. Any onlooker would insist that he was merely asleep and would be unable to believe that he had been there for well over a thousand years. With hands shaking with excitement, Kepri takes an ankh from around her neck and slowly and carefully lifts Usurkov's head to place it around, and then she takes the scimitar out of her belt and sets it flat against his chest and wraps his hand around the hilt. I have an important question. Yeah. Is he super hot? Uh, let me see. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, actually, let me uh, let me roll for his charisma here real quick. For those of you following along at home, I'm using the 4d6. Uh, drop the lowest for him. Yo, he's hot. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, <laughs> he told me. <laughs> I mean, James picks up on this, right? Too, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. He he's not the he's not the hottest you've ever seen. Um, but definitely the hottest dead person. I mean, he is dead. <laughs> definitely the hottest person who is maybe dead you've ever seen. Um, yeah, uh, you are you are surprised as you get a good look behind the bandages at the smoothness of the features and the symmetry of them. 
you for a moment understand why in all of the stories they referred to pharaohs as gods because this is this is a lovely lovely man <laughs> what a lovely corpse we have here <laughs> and especially considering that you know uh more than a thousand years ago um people would be you know more likely to have uh boils and pox and that sort of thing uh mar them uh this guy has not suffered that agnes is very confused right now about her feelings. <laughs> i feel like this is the closest i've come to playing monster hearts <laughs> i can't breathe <laughs> I, I don't ignacia how do you feel about this oh she's very confused okay Emotionally and physically. <laughs> Undead polycule coming out. <laughs> oh, no. James Finn, y'all want to get in on this? I mean, James James is, uh, takes takes an extra moment to appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm feeling, as a player, conflicted because I said Finn sat down, but I yeah, really you feel like left. You sit over there and feel <laughs> yeah, left. Yeah, you wish you had helped us. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't don't. help the uh, chicken make the bread or whatever that. What? <laughs> never, never mind. What? You could cut that out. <laughs> oh, I remember what you're talking about. You yeah, know yeah, the yeah. story, the kid's yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't help her, so I don't get to eat the bread. Oh yeah, so you don't see the face, but you see the three of them go. Damn. <laughs> and as you all sort of say, whew, uh, Usterkoff's eyes open, and he sort of looks quickly at each of you. And then seeing Kepri um, says, Sedet? Kepri smiles and responds in a language you don't understand. And the two talk quickly in this other tongue uh, as she helps him sit up. You, as you look around and as he starts to sit up, you notice suddenly that everything looks clearer in the room. Um, it's sort of like when you've been wearing tinted glasses for a long time and take them off and you go, oh right, everything looks like that. Suddenly there's no longer a red tint that you hadn't even noticed before, but it's gone. Quick question, what color are them eyes? <laughs> Brown. Okay. I don't have anywhere to go with this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Noting for later. <laughs> I'm picturing the uh, that scene from Stargate. Does anybody remember that? Where the, yeah. the pharaoh is sort of like revealed and it's this beautiful sort of androgynistic kind of... It's Jade Davidson, who's the hottest human being on the face of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little, little something like that. Um, yeah. James feels good about his reaction. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after saying these quick words to, to him, Kepri sort of lets him go and he sits up of his own accord. And she says... I imagine you have questions, though, given the way you handled yourselves in there, I'm not sure what you're all capable of. And she says that in a clearly impressed way. Agnes laughs awkwardly. Someone else is going to have to talk, because all I want to do is make jokes. <laughs> <laughs> like James is capable of showing a man a good time on a date. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I forgot what the question was. I'm sorry. <laughs> So Kepri, oh. 
Kepri tells you she's sure that you have questions. Um, yes. What was all that? She says, yes. It's complicated to explain, and but the short version is when Usurkov was laid to rest, and I mean that in the most literal way possible, he was protected by all of the magic that our people could muster at the time. And my ancestors created this magic to protect those who would raid his tomb or seek to disturb his rest until he could awaken to fight the Red Death as is his destiny. You faced that, but, but different. The trials that you should have faced should have been more like the riddles that some of you saw. Um, and you can tell that she's quite confused by the, that not all of you seem to have been parted from the group. She says, not the, the sort of violent ones that I assume the Red Death's influence would have brought in. She says, but that's what that was. It was a series of illusions that seem real and under the Red Death's influence apparently could do you very real harm. Sawyer chimes in at that, rubbing one of his many wounds and looking worse for wear. And says, they felt real enough. She says, yes, they, they should have felt real, certainly, but I don't know what would have happened to you if, if not you, under what my people would have put here, you would have just come to at the entrance, sent back. But this, you might have died, I'm not sure. So you're saying that the people got, who got separated for riddles are the ones that are possibly to be under influence for the Red Death? She says, no, the, she says, it's hard to tell, but I was separated. It seemed that the, that the two of you, and she gestures to Agnes and James, that the two of you were separated, but, and then she gestures to Sawyer and Ignacia, it says, you two were not, were you? Not to my knowledge. Ignacia just shakes her head. She says to, to Sawyer, well, you either answered riddles or you didn't. No, I did not answer. But if, but if asked, a uh, time? <laughs> um, she chuckled. She said, yes, I heard all that. Um, I was following along just in case things went wrong for you. I wanted to see what you were capable of, and I'm glad I didn't step in. Oh, my apologies. Did I kick dust at you? She says, fine and completely understandable. I'm, my people often spend time in Egypt. I'm not unused to, to sand in some areas. I just don't want to be rude. She says, I'm the one who's invisibly stalking you. And she sort of gestures to this, uh, this thing over her shoulder. And you notice that the light is sort of weird around this thing that she sort of cast off around her shoulders. So what's our next move? She says, well, she says, I'll be taking Usterkoff back to Africa through the shortest way I know. But then all of us have to return to this museum so that people don't suspect anything. What do you mean the shortest way you know? She says, I have a, 
a way to travel very quickly to a place with more answers than you could ever hope to ask questions for. You've certainly earned the right to come with me if you'd like. Well, now I feel like I've been asked a riddle. She says, well, how would you like to see the Library of Alexandria? <laughs> Sorry. Agnes <laughs> being the, the book fiend that she is goes, uh, me, please. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because I remember the very first scene we had in the first arc with Finn around those books. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to entice him with a library. <laughs> Are you able to go anywhere with this? She And she pulls out um, from one of her pockets uh, what looks like a library slip, which is familiar to, to everyone. Finn, even you've seen one of these before. And she says, yes, with this, I can create a portal to the Library of Alexandria. My plan is to let him go uh, so that he can make his way back to where he needs to be. And then if you all would like to peruse the library with me, you're more than welcome to. I would like to peruse. She smiles. And she says, you seem like you might. Well, you ain't splitting us up. Yep. Says, I wouldn't dream of it. Shall we? I guess we're going to a library. All right. So she speaks some quick words to Usterkoff, who stands up. And she uh, walks over to the, the door you came through which is the stone archway, says, well, follow quickly behind me, tears the card, and the two of them walk through and vanish. Sawyer's plan was to lollygag a little bit, but once he saw Ustakov stand up, he does hurry through the, through the portal. Okay, so as you step through the portal, you see, so how long did you wait after she went through? What was your... I think we went pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So two seconds? Yeah. Okay. Um, so you step through the portal, uh, holding hands, and she's there by herself this time. And she says, sighs and says, took you long enough. I said, follow quickly behind me. Where's your friend? Says, the, uh, the fellow members of the Lost Kingdom picked him up almost two hours ago. I think I need to lie down. She says, time moves differently around here. It's magic that I can explain while we're traveling to the, to the archives. James leans in, says, you know, there's a couple other things that I hope we can explain on our walk. She says, I'm happy to try to answer any questions, but for some of them, I've, I'm as confused as you two, as you all are. Um, and she looks at, the, uh, at Finn and Ignacia and says, I'm assuming the fact that the two of you weren't asked any riddles, unlike the three of us, has something to do with the red death infected Sphinx only seeing three of us. But, and then she sort of shakes her head. She says, well, come this way. Uh, I'm sure you'll find this next Sphinx far more likable. And she leads you towards a small doorway. The Red Death is Morgan Nuncio as Ignacia, Cleo Yansu Davis as Agnes, Tim Devine as Finn Sawyer, 
Kent Blue as James, and Doug Lewandowski as the Game Master. The Red Death is part of the Roll to Play Network. It is edited, produced, and hosted by Kent Blue. Discover more at RollToPlayNetwork.com And do join us next time, if you dare.